now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome all of Southern California to the Sunday edition of Rod Reel Radio Live on AM 540. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along John Cassidy, and it is a pleasure to welcome you to tonight's show. Hey, we got a great show lined up for you tonight. I think you're going to want to sit back and relax and take in some of the best 90 minutes of fishing information you can find anywhere. Let me tell you what's in store for you tonight. Just this past uh, Saturday, Jerry Mayhew, uh, director of Saltwater Bass Series, had an event on San Diego Bay. It was a bay bass tournament. You could catch calicos. You could catch sand bass. You could catch spotties. Uh, Jerry ran a great event down there, and he's going to give us a call, find out what it's all about, and maybe talk about some of his events in the future. Because if you want to have a lot of fun, and you want to be in a situation where you want to fish casually, but you want a little bit on the line, you're going to want to check out the Saltwater Bass Series. So Jerry Mayhew will be with us right out of the gate. Then later on in the 5 o'clock hour, Captain Keith Dinette's going to be with us from Constitution and Poseidon Sports Fishing. The boats have been in dry dock. He's completely gone through them. We're going to find out not only about those vessels, but his schedule for 2022 going to find out hey did the boats make it on down to the sea of cortez and uh puerto Vallarta last year or how was the fishing down there how they the way they normally go down there in the uh the autumn so captain teeth Danette will be with us and then the six o'clock hour we're going to have one of the young lions when it comes to uh, angling here in southern california area he I guess we can call him a pro angler, but he has a job, he has a family, but he is one of the number one guys when it comes to fishing tournaments all throughout the Southwest. It's Kyle Grover. Kyle did real well in an event at Lake Havasu here last week. We're going to find out all about Kyle, his fishing, and then maybe talk a little bit too about how the new generation of fishermen are really... uh, coming to grips with the new electronics that are out in the market. So a lot to talk about tonight, but before we get to it, let me introduce to you our co-host. First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOATS. They ensure a lot of the pro anglers and amateur anglers that are out here on the West Coast and literally throughout the country. It's Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing tonight? Well, so far, so good. You know, I, I actually, since I had my shoulder sawed off and they put a new one on in January, I, I fished a tournament and drove the boat, my, my own boat, yesterday. Uh, 
challenging, I would say. Uh, and I found out when you swing at some points in time, there is some tenderness involved. <laughs> but a good time was had by all, no, no matter what. And uh, and I have some of the new electronics, and that was the first time I turned it on yesterday. So when Kyle gets on, I'm going to pick his brain about that. Yeah, do that because, uh, you know, I don't know about uh, you, Stan. I, I wouldn't put you or Wendy in this uh, boat, but uh, I'm kind of long in the tooth and maybe sometimes just a little hesitant hesitant to go to the new technologies, let alone spend the time to learn about them. So we're going to find out how you and Kyle are grappling with this situation. Hey, let me introduce to you the other co-host of Rod Real Radio. She is the national sales manager with Iserline, represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She is also an expert hunter and fisherman. And, uh, She's with us tonight. It's Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing, ma'am? I'm doing pretty good. I've got little company out here in the backyard. I don't know if you can hear them plucking, but <laughs> I'm next to the coop. <laughs> and as a lot of you don't know, Wendy has a backyard that's a little more unique than a lot of other our other backyards. So, Wendy, as you look around the uh, the South Forty right now. Uh, of your backyard. What what are you looking at? <laughs> I'm looking at a coop of chickens, a little pond that's going, and all my all my trees and vegetables. Oh man. Now this time of the year, are you just starting to plant or are you preparing soil or are you doing all the above? All of the above. I have existing um, plants that made it through the winter. And I'm planting a lot of new ones. I'm trimming a lot of, I have 22 different varieties of dragon fruit. So I'm trimming all those up so they grow right and training them. Wow. Okay, that's not bad. So if that takes a little knowledge right there. <laughs> I prune my own trees too. Now, Wendy, you're usually pretty adventurous when it comes to your garden. Is there something you're going to be planting this year that you've kind of been looking forward to the new season starting to, to see how it comes about? Oh, everything. And I especially love my dragon fruits and cause that's pretty new to me and growing mushrooms. That's pretty new to me too. Wait a minute. Be cool. And, but then what have, with 22 different versions of dragon fruit, I mean, what do you do with dragon fruit? How do you, what do you, how do you eat that? <laughs> it's good it's uh different and it's uh full of antioxidants and you just cut them open and eat them you can put them in smoothies um i mix them up with the persimmons because it's a fall fruit so yeah. right now it's all you know just training them and getting them ready for for fall wow. right and what do you say mushrooms i mean the only place i find mushrooms is uh, in my under uh, my dirty clothes underwear hamper, if I've let it stay too long, uh, how, how, how do you grow TMI, mushrooms John, in Southern TMI. California? <laughs> how, how do you grow mushrooms in Southern California? <laughs> grow them in the shade and make sure they stay moist. I uh, I have a patch of wine cat mushrooms underneath my persimmon trees next to my tomatoes, and then I have a countertop. Um, uh, lion's mane mushroom mm -hmm. that I'm on my fourth flush, which is the fourth really? time it's blue. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. Hey guys, you know, uh, we're talking about the weather getting nicer and nicer, at least here in Southern California. You, you wouldn't know that 
compared to some of the people you talk on the East Coast. Uh, over the weekend, I, I got a call from a friend in Tennessee. Uh, they have four inches of snow on the ground. Had a call from a friend in Jasper, Alabama, and they had a couple of inches of snow on the ground. And my, uh, my cousin, who lives up in northern New York, they had eight inches of the, on the ground and a temperature of minus four during wow. uh, the evening. So, again, uh, Jack and Jean, I want to thank you very much for making the trip out from the East Coast back in 1946 to settle here in Southern California. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> hey, but guys, there is some great news out there. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the spotter planes that have been uh, going up and down our coast, and they're reporting that they are seeing some signs of a bluefin tuna. There was even a report of bluefin tuna 18 miles west of Point Loma. Uh, we've had great conditions uh, here in the past week. So one of the boats out of H&M Landing, the Old Glory, decided yep. to make it on out there for a day and a half trip. And, you know, they didn't do too, uh, too badly. They had uh, 32 passengers aboard, and they limited out on Yellowtail, which was pretty good. But Captain uh, Clay Williams also reported a lot of times under those yellowtail, he was getting great signs of bluefin that were anywhere from 85 to 150 feet below the uh, yellowtail. So what they did is they, uh, since they were fishing during the day, they took the torpedo rig sinker and hooked him up a live bait, sent him on down there. Early in the morning, they had one bite that almost immediately got off. But later on in the day, when those fish showed up again underneath the yellowtail, Rob, our good friend Rob Tressler, dropped a, a torpedo rig down there, went down about 250 feet. He slowly reeled the uh, rig up to about 200 feet, and wham, he got bit. And he thought, well, you know, I've, I've got a a pretty good setup here. I've got a 50 wide setup and the fish aren't supposed to be that big. Well, it turns out that it took him almost 45 minutes to bring in this fish. And it turned out to be a 150 pound bluefin tuna. So we want to congratulate Rob on the old glory because he is the first bluefin tuna to come in and the landings down there on Scott Street. So uh, well great him. job. And, and, and Stan is just showing they're out there because uh, uh, the boats are getting lined up to go out there again next weekend. Now, where we, were they? I'm sorry. Where's that? Uh, what's that, Wendy? Where were they? Uh, all, where I am hearing is they are to the south and to the west. So I don't have uh, many more details than that. But well, definitely so within a day and a half range. Yeah. The one thing I know, yeah, the one thing I know is by the end of the tournament, uh, we had several contacts from from people that were saying, "Hey, the old glory got on them at seven thirty in the morning, and they were still picking away at them, and we were just getting off the lake." So that was a, you know, that we were all going. All the guys would like to to fish that tuna we're going well that's a really good sign i told them you know the saners had already maxed out so we don't have to mess with the mexican saners that are going to be you know usually coming up and surrounding all of us that are fishing which everybody was popular that was a popular piece but going forward you know knowing this stuff is it 
hasn't left. And we've heard, you know, from the other guys, some of the other people that have been on the air with us that that larger mass was down south and it just slid sideways a little bit. And, you know, it'll just take a few few times for the boats to get out. It takes boats to find fish. And, well, uh, you're right, Stan. In fact, I, I heard a story uh, over the weekend that uh, one of the cargo ships that is, uh, you know, anchored off of our uh, our coast lost its prop and was in deep deep enough water where it couldn't anchor to the bottom so the boat drifted all the way out to the tanger tanner bank uh uh basically with its its anchor uh you know put on out and they were able to snag the tanner bank and stay on the Tanner Bank. How they replace a prop on a giant cargo ship, I don't know. But one of the pro- uh, the, uh, uh, the private boaters was telling us that they went out there, they saw that cargo ship, and they started fishing around it. And that cargo ship was acting at like a, a giant kelp bed, and they oh, were yeah. catching fish <laughs> under the no, cargo. That just makes total sense. That's the first thing I thought of. I go, you know, the people that don't understand that, if you're a listener... And we're fishing for, there's, you'll see a kelp paddy. It could be, you know, 10 or 12 feet across and, and uh, a mat that's out there. And while we're fishing, if you pull up on it, a lot of times there's a pyramid of fish because it's the only shade. And, it, you know, it's a little floating island. And there's a pyramid of fish that stack up underneath that or around that. Uh, bait fish will be on it, whatever else. And you can catch tuna or Dorado, Wahoo—you know a little of everything. Yellowtail, anything can be on those. So, when you pull up with a boat, by the way, this is what, a piece of knowledge that uh, if you're out there on the ocean, you've seen heard it before. Don't throw at the kelp paddy. Uh, throw it away from the kelp paddy because whatever's underneath is going to come out and get it and run back into the kelp paddy. So you want to throw it on the kelp paddy. But, but as the boat comes up close to a kelp paddy, it becomes the kelp paddy. The fish come to it. So when that boat anchors on on that piece of structure outside, like that, and Tanner Bank is way offshore, it becomes the next little floating island out there. It's a giant kelp paddy, and the fish will stack up underneath it. The bait fish will use it because they've got lights on the doggone thing. So that'll be something at night that'll attract fish, and and uh, that becomes a real resource out there. That would be fun. <laughs> Uh, hey, standing on another note, and Wendy, we want to remind uh, uh, the fishermen out there that one bass will be running the Laughlin Open. On it'll be run on Lake Mojave, March the twenty third through the twenty fifth. You can find out more of the, about the tournament by going to One Bass Tournament Angler on Facebook. You got the entry form over there. Also, uh, the itinerary of what's happening. Uh, there's a discount code involved on whether you are a boater or a non-boater. And the reason why they have a different discount code is if you are a boater, they'll know that they'll set aside electrical for you. And this is going to be a great thing so that when you when you check in, they'll say, Mr. Smith, hey, welcome to Laughlin. Uh, you are assigned this area and we have the electrical all set up for you to uh, charge obviously if you're a non-boater you don't need an electrical outlet so get on uh one bass tournament angler on facebook and look at the schedule for lake mojave 
It starts the 23rd through the 25th. It's going to be a great event because I think the fishing is going to be right on over there. And Stan, I, I wish that was something I could still do, but uh, man, it's going to be a great time to be at Lake Mojave. You know, I fished, I fished, I can't even, I don't even know how many events over there. I love Mojave. Same here. Uh, it is just a stupendous fishery, and it's turned out to be a, a, all the Colorado River lakes have got these really big smallmouth in it now. So, right. you know, you get a little of everything. You can catch largemouth and smallmouth on the, on the water. Perfect for that because it's loaded with crawdads and shad. So the fishery there, it, it's just, it's a fun lake to fish. Now, you, there are some challenges if, there's a, if the wind's going to blow. Yeah. And, and if. A, Spring tournament, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to have some wind. (laughs) Hey, hey guys, let's take a break right now. Uh, we got to get a hold of our next guest. Coming up next will be uh, uh, Jerry Mayhew. He is the director of the Saltwater Bass Series. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than two and a half million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto custom baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto custom bait. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. The perfect day is my family and I on the boat out on the waterway. I love it. Nothing but sun, snacks, fishing, and of course, life jackets for everyone. Save the ones you love. Life jackets save lives. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles, and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member, because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joinccaorg 
Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself? Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org. That's the sandiegobloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, you know... Stan, Wendy, and I, we talk a lot about uh, fishing tournaments. A lot of them are freshwater fishing tournaments, especially here in Southern California with the emphasis on bass fishing. But a lot of people don't know there is some great saltwater bass fishing in our local harbors and bays and stuff like that. There's one individual that recognized that need. And a few seasons ago, he started up what he called the Saltwater Bass Series. They just had an event on San Diego Bay here last Saturday. Here to talk about Saltwater Bass Series and that tournament is the director of the Saltwater Bass Series, Mr. G- uh, Jerry Mayhew. Jerry, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. Good here. Go, just going good. Now, I know that you ran a tournament here in San Diego just yesterday, and then you had to run back on up, I believe, to Newport Beach because you're also a professional guide, and you went on out there fishing, I think. How did it, How was it for you, Jerry? Uh, the event was great yesterday. I got home last night. Um, I think I posted the results, but I was too tired to post the year-end and the pictures. I got up at 4 o'clock this morning and uh, made it to the harbor, got my clients out, uh, finished up, got home at two thirty, and just uh, finished up posting pictures and year-end results. So I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> <laughs> I it's, can understand it's that. It's super fun, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love it. You know, Jerry. Uh, before we get into uh, talking about your visit here to San Diego, just just give us a little outline about the saltwater bass series. Uh, what it's all about and the type of fishermen that uh, you have been bringing into the sport by running this series. Well, I tell you, we're going, uh, I'm going on my 12th season with the saltwater bass series. I've run different divisions, whether it was, uh, islands or coastal stuff. Uh, but I've graduated everything to where now I run a master's division and a rookie family division, which basically is, Two events in one, rookies and family members fish against rookie family division teams and masters against masters. Um, it's great. A lot of father-son team uh, teams, husband, wife, Tom and Val. We got, you know, 
you know, other husband, wife, Chris and Romita Kieran. Yesterday we had Aaron Jeffrey and um, uh, Lindsey Kemp. They they teamed up. Um, a lot of father son stuff. So what's happening is um, yesterday's winners, uh, uh, Scott and Dan Higley, they were fishing the rookie division. I believe last year they bumped up into the Masters division and they just won the event yesterday. Uh, our first event this year was in Newport Harbor where Adam and Justin Larson, a couple of San Diego guys, I believe Adam is part of the San Diego Anglers Club. Um, he and his son, Justin, won. You know, they stepped up from rookie family division into the Masters this year. And and these guys are spanking them. It's, it's really good to watch these people jump into the rookie family division. You learn a ton. And, um, you know, to, to – to really uh, challenge themselves, you know, these teams are stepping up and they're doing great against some really established teams that have been at it for 10, 12, 15 years. Uh, you know, teams that have even been participating back in the SWBA days. Um, so it's it's really cool and uh, it, it's great. Um, we're 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 going strong. So oh, that's great. You know what what I found out to be what was really satisfying about your event, Jerry, is that during the award ceremony, while the people were waiting for you to uh, come up with the results and you provided some great food for everybody, uh, but everyone is sitting around talking and going from table to table, and it is such a friendly atmosphere. The camaraderie there is is just amazing. Uh, it's like you get a group of, of 50 or 60 friends together and they, they congratulate each other. They make fun of each other. They share their stories. It is such a great atmosphere. And that's probably one of the reasons why you continue to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like a giant club and, you know, I encourage new teams. They jump in and right away they're welcome and they feel comfortable uh, there's a lot of people on the fence about wanting to jump into tournament fishing. And I tell you, this is, it's great. Uh, everybody's just super cool. We all share the same passion. It's, it's, you know, my thing is I don't encourage or like any drama. Uh, I, I, I won't do it if I'm not having fun and everybody knows that and nobody makes a living at doing it. It's just everybody works hard, puts up their hard earned money and, uh, we, we come out to have a good time and, to, to, to meet new people and to see your buddies, you know, a month later and, and share the stories, you know, between the events. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's like a giant family. It's a, it's a big club. It's great. You know, I get to, I get to support Jerry from the outside. <laughs> I, I don't get to fish his events. <laughs> I got plenty of my own, <laughs> but, but I'm in contact with a lot of the people that, that fish his events and uh, we, I work with uh, with Jerry. We ensure his his circuit. And but the cool part is, from the very beginning, people would would start talking once they fished the first event. You know what a great event! And he puts on a a, a lot of work into it. And you know, the food bag, the food's there at the end of the thing, and uh, lots of giveaways that uh, were way better than than what you heard in a lot of the other events. But the people were having fun. And that's really the most important part of these things. You can go out. They've got the – he has the Masters guys. That's the guys that are at the top end of the, their game there. They've been in it for a while. 
And if you don't feel like you want to compete against those guys, okay, cool. Well, grab a friend or your son, your daughter, your whatever, your yeah. husband, and go and start learning how to fish the the arenas. You'll learn as you go, but the yeah. group of people you'll learn from are the best at what they do. And there's no better place to go out and enjoy the sport and and get support from the same people that you're fishing against because – Everybody shares that information. You, st you can, I can give you everything that I'm throwing in my boat for for a particular tournament. You still have to go out and execute, and yes. and a lot of these yes. guys understand that. So here, I'll share you. What, this is what we're throwing. Now you just got to put it in the right place at the right angle at the right time, and and the right place there. You, all of that comes into play, but the fun that's involved. We, it was yesterday after our tournament, there was a group of our competitors, and there's probably, I don't know, 13 to 15 guys all standing around in a circle telling stories and laughing, which is the most important part, and every one of us is there because we enjoy that part. You know, it didn't make any difference that if you won or you didn't win, but being a part of it and being able, okay, next time we got another shot, let's come back. But the camaraderie that's involved in these events and the learning that you will get from being a part of the events is par excellence. It's the best. It's, it, it's amazing. You know, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, if you're a rookie family team and you're out in the field basically fishing within view of some of the master's teams, you know, oh, oh there's Dennis and Eddie over there. There's Bobby and Garrett over there. You know, it's, if you pay a little bit of attention and, hey, yeah, we saw these guys about this time and. I could kind of tell what they were fishing and what they were doing. It really, when you fish alongside, and then after the event during the awards, you're sharing information too. I tell you what, the learning curve is cut tenfold when you yeah. jump into these. And there's no pressure. There's no need to feel uncomfortable. It's just super fun. And hopefully, I know, hopefully Matt Newman and his partner Brian hung out yesterday with you guys because I think they had a tough event themselves. <laughs> Yesterday, well, Matt, and we did. Delay. That was one of the, the the thirteen guy crowd I was talking about. Matt <laughs> yeah. and Matt was standing right next to me. He could hardly stand up. He's got some kind of a pinched nerve, and, and every time he moved, he was in pain. So he was I'm, screaming. I'm hoping yeah, he gets back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's super yeah. fun. It's a uh, it's a great little network, you know, across Southern California. Most tournament guys know. You know, freshwater guys and the freshwater guys know the saltwater guys. We we all sh share the same crazy thing. You know, we just we love to fish and we love to compete and and meet up with our buddies. You know, once a month. Well, so. uh, uh, Jerry, it's a testament to to the type of event that you run. You're obviously drawing competitors from literally all throughout Southern California. There were people there from Lancaster. There were you know all over the Southern California area and. I was kind of feeling a little anxiety for you thinking with the price of gas right now that uh, uh, the turnout might be a little bit down, but you have a base of people that come in and support you that uh, you, you're, yeah, I don't think no matter what happens, it's when it comes tournament time, they're going to come on out and participate. Yeah. You know, you're right. We got Brian Davis and Whitney Weta. They, they come from up in Goleta. And I woke up in the middle of the night, in the middle of my short sleep prior to tournament morning, and I thought, oh, no, those guys got to drive so far to come down. I sure hope they show up 
and what do you know who shows up at check-in brian and whitney and um it's 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 awesome it's it's great Uh, and i really appreciate everybody's support you know it's it's awesome whitney is old school he fished both sides of that coin freshwater and saltwater so he's a good man he's a he's a very good man he's a good good guy now jerry where is your next event so uh and uh uh, what type of schedule are you going to be on for that so april 9th we're doing marina del rey I'm going to be collecting entries prior to the event, and then we're going to park in the launch ramp. I'm going to hire somebody to kind of guard everybody's rigs. We're going to walk over to Burton Chase Park and uh, do our awards and our barbecue over there. As a matter of fact, tomorrow I'm heading up to uh, Burton Chase Park to to secure the spot for the event. So uh, that's where we're at next, Santa Monica Bay, Marina Del Rey. Uh, we nobody's run an event there in quite some time. They're a little bit tough up there. Uh, and especially, you know, during COVID and stuff, no way. Um, LA County is a little tough, understandably. And, uh, I'm really, I'm really excited to, to, to see what kind of bags come to the scales. We, uh, boy, there's, there's artificial reefs, there's pipes, there's break walls, there's underwater jetties, there's reefs, there's kelp. I mean, there's, there's everything there. And I think we're going to see some really good weights, uh, come in and that, uh, that's a really fun place to fish tournaments. Like, like I mentioned the SWBA earlier, it's, we used to fish them in the SWBA and they were really, really fun events. So I'm really right. excited to get over to that one on April 9th. Uh, Jerry, if, if, uh, people want to see what your schedule is to, uh, uh, maybe even enter one of the events or a couple of the events. Uh, where do they go to get the information? You, uh, anybody interested can go to the saltwater bass series.com. Uh, there's also an SBS fishing Facebook page. You can always message me. My contacts are on there. I get a lot of people that call me and ask me questions. You know, they're, they're on the fence. They want to get in. They're looking for a boater partner or, or what have you, or a boater's looking for a solid non-boater partner. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have time to to pair people up and to to manage a, a you know a, a partnering forum or anything like that. But uh, if I can do it and it's quick, I'll try to hook people up. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's all the information is on the website. It's uh, saltwaterbassseries dot com. So. You know, and on an ending note, Jerry, uh, I want to personally thank you on behalf of the outboard boating club where uh, this event was held saturday uh the uh the fishermen were very generous and uh uh donating to the uh the club to kind of spruce it up a little bit since uh that organization has been closed for basically 18 months with covid i want to thank you for coming up with a premium for a drawing and particularly thanking your participants for their generosity uh we greatly appreciate it yeah that was no problem there and you know we got to thank lawrence electronics i've been a lawrence guy since i was a kid fishing, uh, <laughs> what's that i said yay <laughs> yay I, look I, stan you know me i'm a freshwater guy at heart i i don't measure my saltwater depths in fathoms i still measure them in feet so you know you know i'm a freshwater guy and i've always been a lawrence guy Still am. Uh, I can remember as a kid, I had a little Lorenz green box flasher fishing all the <laughs> San Diego lakes with my dad and uh, super stoked to have Lorenz part of 
the saltwater bass series and uh i do anything and everything i can for them and they were really generous and and having product for us this year and uh i think they're probably pretty grateful too to be a part of uh you know supporting the club the the outboard boating club is by far the best venue location there and i have to say dana landing's great too um otherwise we're in a parking lot or we're in a park but the facility at the upward boating club is it's fantastic you know we got a kitchen to use we got the check-in table inside the coffee's going you got all the benches out there it's it is so perfect and it sits right atop the shelter island lawn tramp it it couldn't be a better place i tell you so hopefully hopefully we'll get to utilize the club a little a little more here in the future and you know, we'll do everything we can to continue to support uh, the Outboard Boating Club. Well, thank you, Jerry. And uh, thank you again uh, uh, for your contribution. And good luck for, to you for the rest of the season. And uh, we'll be checking in with you from time to time, okay? And uh, I'm sure as we get closer to the Cabo Tuna jackpot, we're going to want to hear all about that. Yeah, yes. We've uh, we've added some options. It's going to be exciting this year. We We set records last year and... We're looking to do it again this year. I'm heading down for two weeks. Uh, I'm going to go check out the Bisbee stuff, get to meet a bunch of other people, and really network and, and really dial in Cabo. It's it's a special place. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm a little too old to party like that anymore, but I go down there for business, and I, I, I want to do a better job than I do previous years. And you know, my job is to make it bigger and better uh, every time. So I'm I'm fired up. I can't wait to get back down there. I know, Jerry, a lot of us now, it takes us all night to do what we used to do all night. Hey, <laughs> hey you take care. Have a great trip. We look forward to speaking to you again, and thanks a lot, Jerry. Okay, and Jerry, you if you need care. any help in Cabo, you let me know, man. I'm in. I've all been right. down there for 100 years. <laughs> Going down all about, right. I spend a month down there about every year, so nice. it's all good. Nice. Okay, we'll guys. See. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Hey, we got to take a break right now, but coming up next, Captain Teeth Danette, owner-operator of Constitution and Poseidon Sports Fishing. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Hi. This is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. 
Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensandCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419, or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now.
Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Hey, our next guest, he's gearing up for the 2022 season from all indications. This is going to be another barn burner, but let's find out directly from him what he's hearing. Let's uh, speak to uh, Captain Keith Dinette. He is owner-operator of Constitution and Poseidon Sports Fishing. Captain Keith, how you doing tonight, sir? We're doing good. Thank you uh, ah. for having me on board this evening oh, with you yeah. guys. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So all the big buzz is the first bluefin of the season, you know, on a sport boat. Um, you know, the guys on the Old Glory got uh, got the first bluefin, and they had a limits of yellowtail. And so things are looking really good, really, really shaping up to a really nice season. Well, you know, uh, the first uh, fish was caught by uh, Rob Tressler, who we have on the uh, uh, show here from time to time. Don't have him on nearly as much because he and Lori fishing together are normally out on a boat trying to uh, to get a fish. And I know they've been out on the Poseidon many times and uh, uh, out with Hunter there. And and boy, uh, that those two are fishy, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen so many fish that she's actually caught on the Poseidon you know, over 200 pounds and a back-to-back trip cows. And uh, so, and she's got her own charter on top of that. So definitely, uh, you know, they, they, they fish a lot, you know, there's uh, and you know, they, they've earned it, you know, and that's, it's awesome to hear that they are able to capture that first fish of the season. Well, you know, tell us a little bit about how the 2021 fishing season went, Went for you, and then I noticed that uh, you've had both uh, of the boats uh, uh, in the dry dock, and it looks like you've been going over them uh, fairly extensively. Well, we talked about what happened on the last season. You know, I could tell you what not to do. How that? You know, I've gaffed literally hundreds, if not even over thousands, of giant yellowfin tuna and bluefin, and last season in uh, in July or at the end of June. I wound up gaffing a, a 200 and it was like 235 pounds, not a big, big bluefin by any means, but it was hot. It was at one o'clock in the morning. I reached it for a deep. I held on and it, it, uh, it did some pretty big damage to me. It wound up, uh, uh, disconnected my, my bicep muscle, the bicep tendon, and then destroyed the whole rotator cuff. And I was out literally, I worked for another month through all that. And then I was out for the whole season. And, uh, so I was very unfortunate, but right now, after, you know, thank God insurance covered it, $95,000 of medical work done on me and surgery, I'm back on, and actually, I'm, I, I'm glad I went through all this. <laughs> I feel like you a know, brand Keith, new person, didn't it, but uh, I mean, that was pretty, pretty I, brutal. Haven't you haven't you heard that they, somebody yell at you, don't dig for them? <laughs> yes, I know. This thing got tangled up with the boat three times with 25 guys. Everyone's dropping right on top of the fish. And it was just, it was getting super dangerous. Had to cut the line, literally cut it, cut the fish off, wrap it on a deck rush, re-splice it back on, you know, and, and this thing was hot. It was a, it was a guy, a, a pastor of ours, a charter master, uh, a friend of ours and it was like this fish was not going to get away and uh yeah, whatever you know it happens but uh definitely uh 
you know, it, it, uh, you definitely don't want to hang on to them longer than you should. So let them go. <laughs> you know, the one, the one thing about that big fish, uh, because you can get them up at night, they come to the boat quicker than they do during the day. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, sure. when you, when you hit one of those things, when you stick them in their green, better have somebody else. The second gig should be close by because especially if you're, di- if you dig for them, in other words, he, he had the put the gaff deeper into the water to get the fish. And that gives the fish more momentum to move when he's got more water underneath him uh, or around mm-hmm. him. And you've got to lift 200 and something pounds of fish up and the motor is still going. It, it can tear you up pretty good. And apparently that's what happened. I had the uh, a left distal bicep that was torn off and they just re completely redid my left shoulder with a brand new one. So I understand what you're going through. <laughs> oh, you got it. No. <laughs> it was so, a good one. I mean, it was like I, five months I know exactly. sleeping in a lounge recliner. and <laughs> <laughs> It was yeah, guys, But anyway, seems- we're back. We're up, you know, it, <clears throat> Captain Steve, uh, he, you know, jumped in right away and was able to run, you know, finish the season off and, and did a, an amazing job. And, and, uh, but now we're, we're back. I'm back. And, uh, you know, this year we did a, a, a full, we, we did a complete redo of both boats. Every little, every area, little direction of, of, of little detail on each boat we've improved, we've redone, we've rebuilt uh, mechanically, cosmetically, uh, from top to bottom. Um, we, we did not haul out this year. We didn't have to. We'll do that next season. So, but we were able to, to do, uh, take care of everything from top side all the way up and, and uh, that was the most important thing, and uh, we're pretty really happy. Boats are as beautiful as they've ever been, and uh, we've spent the last two months. I'm just kind of feeding out information on social media on on you know what our progress was, you know what we've done, what the boats are done. They're ready. Um, just a couple so, little minor things that we're waiting on, and and uh, it looks like we're we're gonna we're gonna shoot for you know Memorial Day weekend kickoff for us. Um, for both boats. Well, so what you, did you do to the, each of the the vessels there? You know, you had you redo the galley and then redo the bunk areas. What did you do to to make a difference in in uh, what the guys are going to see this year? Okay, so um, starting in the bunk rooms, we went through and brand new carpet in the bunk rooms, brand new carpet, brand new bunk pads. Um, I would say about eighty percent of the bunk pads um, were replaced. Um, if they had a little bit of a tear, they were they were replaced. Um, we went through, and that stuff's not cheap now. And as you know, nothing is cheap right now <laughs> to get anything done. Oh. It's four to five times the the price what it used to be, and uh, the labor's extremely expensive, and the time to get it done. So there was a whole process. But starting down the bunk rooms, and the bunk pads were done. The carpet was done. We went in the galley. We were replaced. Pulled all the carpet off the off in the galley. All the uh, the whole galley got re- redone inside the galley. The heads, all the tile came out of the heads, port and starboard heads, new heads with really nice, you know, like Nicole came down um, two months prior to we got started and she looked at the boat and she said, you know what, this is what I want. So what we did, <laughs> we did exactly what she wanted. She wanted white subway tile with black route and some beautiful designer tile and everything in the galley, everything in the bunk rooms, um, you know, uh, we, you know, up in the wheelhouse, uh, new electronics, working on sonar's uh, work. We're uh, we actually added uh, um, t- 
two more uh, tracking buoys. So we have a total of two per boat with two computer systems per boat. So we're able to put buoys on, on kelp paddies and track them. And, you know, when one boat, you know, at, at any given point, if, if one boat is at the dock and another boat, you know, if the Constitution is at the dock and if the Poseidon's heading out, they have up to four buoys that, that they can be working off of, so which is pretty darn nice, especially Great. when you have something to drive to. Well, you've got the uh, new season coming up, uh, uh, Keith, and tell us what kind of schedules are you going to be offering on the Constitution and then also on the Poseidon? Well, we've, you know, we're, we've, we're offering obviously overnight trips. We'll, we'll throw an overnight in between trips here and there, but for the most part, I would say our base is, um, you know, our, our, our day and three quarter trip, um, has kind of, kind of been very popular for a lot of our anglers. They, it's a, it's a, a morning departure, uh, returns in the morning. It's like a, it's like a two day trip, but it's a day and three quarter. Um, and the price is extremely good to get done, to get on a boat. And you can actually get two-day limits of fish on a day and three-quarter if, if it warrants that and, and the fishing's on and you have an opportunity. Uh, we have a lot of good rod and reel bluefin guys, and, you know, a lot of those guys, they, they really like those trips because when we get in those bluefin, those guys can, you know, really get, get it done and, and, and get their, you know, instead of going home with two bluefin, they get to go home with, with uh, four bluefin. So that day and three quarters really nice. Um, obviously, day and a half, two day, two and a half, um, three and three and a half day trips. They're uh, and, uh, and we're doing some four day trips this year. So we're we're you know all the way up to four days is what we're offering. Now, also uh, in the past, you've taken uh, uh, the Constitution and the Poseidon uh, down to the Sea of Cortez and fished down there, and then uh, later on moved on over uh, to the mainland of Mexico. Is that something you're going to plan to do this year? You know, that's, uh, you know, we, we had some really big dis- discussions in the evenings, you know, uh, after, after hours. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't doubt there's, there, there's going to be something coming up this year. Um, there's a pretty good chance, but we're, we're right now we're, we're talking with crew. We have a lot of stuff going on, a lot of big trips coming up in the later part of our season. So we're going to have to navigate a little bit and figure out where we fall into and see if we can offer possibly, uh, you know, a stream of uh, mag day trips this year. But we're, we're, we're all permitted up. We're able to go. We're, we're able to fish, uh, you know, uh, mag bay or Puerto Vallarta and all that. And we're all set up and, and, and permitted, but we're just, uh, we're feeling out some really good charter groups that wanted to fish this bluefin in the fall and, so we're working with them, and right now we're, we're gonna we're gonna stick to that until uh, further notice. Well, I have a couple of yeah. Go on, Wendy. Um, Hi, for Wendy. our listeners, how how big are your boats, and how many passengers do you take? Oh, perfect, great question. Um, so our boats are uh, the Poseidon, the seventy five foot, and it's and it takes thirty two passengers, but we we uh, do a limited load on all of our trips. At, uh, we limit at twenty five. On the Poseidon, and we also do the same thing nice. for the Constitution. We have 30, 32 bunks on the Constitution, and we we take twenty five. So we try to keep our trips light, uh, twenty five anglers or less. And uh, on our open party trips, if we have you know if we have a trip that even has only ten anglers, we'll run with ten anglers on all of our open party trips. Wow, 
I guess we have to, uh, Keith, we got to address the, uh, the elephant in the room. Obviously, fuel prices are going up for us here uh, that are uh, traveling by land. Uh, what's happening down there at the fuel dock? And are you anticipating that there could be uh, fuel surcharges added uh, to fares? We're, <laughs> you know, we have some months to, you know, to go here and we're, we're crossing our fingers. You know, as a, as a 32 years that my wife and I have been in this business of taking passengers and taking our people out fishing and on all of our contracts, it says the last 32 years that, you know, there may be, we, we may have to have a fuel surcharge on one of our you know trips if, 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 if warranted. And we've never had to do that ever. And uh, that's one of the things that we're trying to navigate around. How do we do that? Uh, it's a lot of discussions. What's going to happen? What's going to be the fuel price when that time comes? But, you know, when a fuel, you know, we, we, and as we price our trips throughout the seasons, we, uh, we do compensate for uh, obviously, you know, inflation and all that. And our prices have gone up just a little bit, just, you know, we do our three and a half percent increase, which is obviously not enough. But, you know, we just kind of hang in there and, and try to offer our, our passengers a, a very good competitive price, great service, a beautiful boat, great food. Um, but right now, we just don't know. We don't know where it's going to go. And, and, and if something were to happen, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a huge, you know, surcharge that's going to turn people, anglers away. You know, uh, Keith, just to give our listeners an idea of what you're dealing with take the constitution for instance what is the fuel capacity of the constitution and let's say on an average uh day and a half trip what percentage of that fuel will you be using okay so um it, it always starts off at the beginning of the season like we'll have a lot of trips i'll run towards calling that so we got to run all you know 100 plus miles down 100 plus miles back and then 100 plus miles of traveling around um, our vessels um, hold in, in upwards near uh, just just under 3,000 gallons of fuel. Um, and uh, when we when we go fuel when we do a trip a day and a half trip at the fuel pump, it's uh, you know with with these prices, if if we're looking at seven dollars a gallon for for diesel when it's time to go, I mean we're we're looking at an easy seven to eight thousand dollar fuel bill for a day and a half trip <laughs> i want you uh, private boaters to just kind of think about that the next time uh, you pull up to the pump with uh, your boat and have to fill it up what uh, is happening with uh, keith Danette with the constitution <laughs> and the poseidon keith uh, people need to get a hold of you and book a trip talk about charters or whatever it is how's the best way to go about doing it you know, Nicole is always on, on standby. She's always, she, she answers the phone eight, nine, ten. We have guys that call at night, but you can reach us anytime at 866-903-7742. Um, you can always uh, uh, check us out at Constitution Sport Fishing at yahoo.com or Poseidon Sport Fishing at yahoo.com. And, and also, too, um, H&M Landing. They're awesome staff in there. They're knowledgeable um, they can get you, just let them know which boat you like to go on, and they can get you signed up. 
uh, over the phone, or they have a great booking website where you can go on there and book your individual spots or book a half a trip or half a charter, whatever you like. But that's, that's the best way to get hold of us. All right. Captain Keith Danette, owner-operator of Constitution Poseidon Sports Fishing. Uh, thank you for that uh, preview on what we can expect in 2022. And hopefully we'll get the opportunity to speak to you again as you start getting out there to find out exactly how you are doing. We, we appreciate your time very much, uh, uh, Keith. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, guys. Have a great evening, and uh, thanks for having me on board again. All right. Good luck there, Keith. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but uh, coming up next, we're going to have one of those young guns from Southern California that we talk about all the time that is tearing up the tournament circuit out here in the West. Kyle Grover will be with us, but you got to wait for a couple of minutes because we got to pay some bills. So stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles, and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member, because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joincca.org. Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto custom baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto custom bait. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT, for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, 
your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Dan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshihara, and myself, we want to welcome you back to the second half of Raw and Real Radio. Well, Wendy, Stan, and I, a lot of times, we're talking about bass fishing. We're talking about tournament bass fishing. And we're talking about some of the young guns that are in the sport today that are coming out of the Southern California area. And whether they're staying here locally, regionally, or going to fish throughout the, the United States, we've got some of the best fishermen anywhere right here in our own hometown. And to introduce our next guest, Stan, why don't you do the honors, please? I'd be honored to do that. You know, since God, I got asked to, uh, well, I, w- I was on the first, I think, bass team ever put together in the state of California by a rep group in 1978. In 1982, I was asked to uh, fish for ranger bass boats had the first memo yamaha in the west and i got to represent our industry and i am blessed as you can be to be able to still be involved with our bass fishing industry for as long as i have been and and still compete and enjoy the sport but what you learn from that is especially at the upper end there are guys that are at the top end of the sport that you if you're going to fish in a tournament, and we've talked, I've talked about this before. When you go to the tournament, and it, we used to have 150, 100 boats in, in a tournament, but you knew the top 20 guys in that tournament, and those were the guys that you had to beat. The rest of them, you know, the guys with the confidence level, you're only fishing against those top 20 guys because you guys are always in the check line. And this guy, I have. God, I think I've known him since he was born almost, but he is, I think, from my end, the most talented West Coast angler in the book. He has won the Angler of the Year title on his own. He, is, he has been a top 
10 contender, not a top 20 contender, in tournament after tournament after tournament out here in the West as at the pro end. Uh, his dad it was a, a pro and he runs Anglers Marine and does a fabulous job. And Kyle Grover has done a great job in coming up through the ranks. And just he is one of the top guys in the West. And it's a pleasure to have Kyle Grover on the radio with us tonight. Kyle, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was that was that was an amazing intro. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, you've earned it, Kyle. I mean, there aren't many guys that that are out there that have done what you've been able to do over and over and over. I mean, you're a, a top ten contender on almost every. If you're going to the lake, I know if I'm fishing against you, I gotta beat you. You're one of the guys. If I'm in the open, <laughs> you know, Kyle Kyle Grover's there. If you're you just finished second in the uh, Arizona Open there, and and you probably had a shot at winning that one, but, you know, you've been a top, you're a top 10 contender, and in the West, if you can compete in the West, you can compete with the best of the rest of the world, and so I really put you right at the top end of the anglers out here in the West, buddy, and you're probably one of the top end anglers if you could travel, you can compete against the best of the best. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to go back east back there one day i kind of like having a got a pretty sweet wife and kids and i like being able to pay the mortgage on the house and not not being super (laughs) stressed out back there but yeah hopefully one day for sure you know go ahead you were you know you grew up uh literally at angler's marine and obviously you know stan is uh giving you a lot of praise but uh your dad uh, is uh, not chopped chicken liver by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> when it comes to tournament no. fishermen. So you maybe had someone to learn from, but tell me that that whole uh, atmosphere of being around anglers marine, did that give you the incentive to go out and do it too? Because you had the exposure to so many great fishermen, especially with the Bassathon and with the anglers marine pro staff. Or was there a yeah. little while when you figured, you know, I, I, I've got to go out and do something else because this is, uh, immer- this is just too much immersion for me when it comes to bass fishing. Yeah, I've been my whole life. I've been way into it. Always. That's why I have a couple other brothers that aren't into it. You know, some people just don't like the fishing deal, but yeah, my, my whole life I've been into it, been at the shop my whole life. I didn't, I didn't work there my whole life. It made me go get a real job for a while till I was 26. But, um, yeah, you know, just it, it helps. It definitely helps my fishing a lot. I would say that I'm always constantly around guys at the front counter, all the good guys that have been out of the, in and out of there, you know, my dad too, you know, he taught me almost everything. Um, and just time on the water, you know, time on the water, time. Oh, and I'm at work. I'm around lures all day, you know, tell a boat and then go tinker with some stuff. And, you know, it's nice to be able to just keep your, my mind's always on it, you know. Well, you know, there's one thing, you know, and we just talked about this a little earlier. I go up, a guy comes up and he wants to know what I'm fishing. I can tell him everything about what I'm fishing. I can give him all of the lures. It doesn't make any difference. He's still got to go out and execute. Um, you yeah. have a talent that, you know, you can, if, and you've had tons of the greatest guys around. I mean, if you're out here in the West, some of the best guys in the world have come from where we are uh, fishing. And 
And most of the techniques have developed really from the West out here fishing. And, and to be able to get the guys to say, you know, I came up with this idea and they share it with, you know, if you're fishing against the, the guys, you hear it anyway, but in the shop, they'll come in and they want to buy something and you get a little lead on it and, and you can go out and experiment with it. But you've been able to, to capitalize on the, the knowledge that's been shared, which not everybody can that that says something about your ability that a lot of people miss but you've been able to really compete at the higher end um and and look at the the lakes i mean way back when we went you know in the west you went from from nevada arizona new mexico all the way up to you know oregon or whatever washington some of the guys and and down but You've been able to capitalize even on those events with uh, uh, a lot of the lures that have come out, and there's been some changing lures that have that have made changes for the West, from like the chin spins and all these other lures. They they were invented back east. We brought them out here, and they really developed them from here going forward. And your your involvement in that at at Anglers Marine has been nothing but good. Oh yeah, we're always. The shop being just a straight only tournament bass fishing tackle shop, you know, there's nothing, there's no saltwater stuff in there. There's no, I mean, some of the stuff crosses over a little bit, but it's always just only tournament tackle. And you're always, when you do that, you're always got guys talking, you're in front of everything, you know. It's funny, you know, the last five years, Nico rigging's gotten super popular everywhere. We were doing that. I remember. I used to fish with Art Berry back in the day, and me and he. I remember him showing me that when I was fourteen, you know, or something. Somebody had shown it to him on the tour, and uh, just all this stuff like that. The biggest thing now, you know, you see everybody talking about the forward-facing sonar deal, and that's really I've really the last year spent a lot of time staring at that thing. I think I caught of the 15 fish I weighed in at Havasu last week, I think 13 of them, I watched them eat my bait off the, mm. off my Lorant active target. You know, some guys like it, some guys don't, but if you're, you just, you can't even, unless you're in front of it, it's really hard to compete at that level. And, uh, it's the, the active target. That's, that's, it's not so much the, the baits and it's you have to be able to just be able to see fish acting the way they act and react to your stuff that that's the biggest thing right now all right since i just put that on my boat and i finally got my shoulder where i could drive it this weekend and and put the boat back on the water with the active target are you running it with the down scan side or are you running it more forward i only run it on forward ever i don't run it on the other stuff's kind of cool you know like down scan could be the down I guess if you were just straight, uh, you know, spooning or something, you could try it. Or the perspective mode is kind of cool if you're fishing like a really shallow, like flat, just for seeing structure. But forward really is, that's the predominant thing you want to leave it in. You can see everything out in front of you. You can see right below. You can, it's, that, that's, I don't think I've ever, I've played with it a little bit when I first got it, but I, I haven't, it's in forward always. You know, uh, Kyle, if you will, oh, pardon me, Stan, if you will, just to let, explain a little bit about the unit and what you're doing and, and how you dial it in. As, you know, uh, 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 Wendy asked, she said, is it like the uh, uh, a television unit down there or 
what is it that you're actually looking at and how do you dial it in in order to, uh, you know, uh, work with fish that are in front of you as opposed to fish that are 10 feet away as opposed to fish that might be 20 feet away? Yeah, you know, I got the easiest way to explain it is it's like a it's like a flashlight on the front of your boat shooting out and you you see what's in that beam up ahead of you. Um you see slightly I would watch like like the first thing I would do is watch some YouTube's on it, YouTube videos on it. Lawrence has an unbelievable library of videos and pro staff guys that make YouTube videos that'll They'll get you really close to where you need to dial it in. There's always a little bit of adjustments you want to make, but the best thing about Active Target compared to some of the other ones that are out there is it's really, really clear to about 80 feet. It has a a narrow. It's got a narrower beam than the some of the competitors, and then that's why you see the guys at the the guys that pick and choose what they want to use. You know, like Jacob Wheeler, some of those guys that don't really care about the sponsorship stuff, like they run the Lawrence one. Cause you can see really good to 80 and you can see pretty good to a hundred feet. Like I ran mine at a hundred feet last week, which was about the end of where I could cast. Um, and you can just, you can just see it. You can see everything you have is full of cages and habitats and brush piles and, I could well, I was throwing predominantly an Alabama rig last week and you could just you could see the they wanted it you imagine you're in twenty five feet of water and there's a they have brush piles and they have these man made fish habitats. The bait had to come completely like right over top of the habitat to get one to come out and bite it. It couldn't be like ten feet above it. You couldn't just be blind casting. Like it had to come right over the spot to catch the and you'd see them dart out of there and bite it. Um, it's just, it's, it's like, you can see underwater, right? Up out, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, you have to have it. If you're, if you're going to fish competitively at any level, it's, you're at a major disadvantage if you don't have it. Well, that's one of the things when, you know, I put it on mine, because, I mean, I, I've, I've done fairly well as an old guy <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, coming out of the flasher area and, you know, coming to the point now where we're using the, you know, different sonar units for down scan and side scan in uh, the forward scanning sonar. Now that we've got, you know, I put it on the boat and I played around with it a little bit, although the fish were not really where we could play uh, 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 the best with the unit. But I did get a chance to see, you know, how well it could be utilized. Um, when you're looking forward on this unit, how far, how deep does it go if it's shooting forward in front of you? Like I set mine to 80 feet. I didn't go to 100. Um, yeah, but how like deep will to, it go? Um, yeah, eight, like if, if you're in the in the beginning when you're using it, it depends on what lure you're using. Like I was I was using an Alabama rig, so it, it's so big. It shows up really nice on there. Um, but so I like either eight, like in the beginning, I'll run it on 80 feet, 100. If you're throwing something that you can throw, it's a little bulkier. Uh the, a, a big thing that I like to do is I don't like to leave. I like to leave my depth. It depends on what lake you're on, obviously, and how deep you're fishing. Yep. But if I, like generally this time of year, I'm fishing less than 30 feet of water. I like to just leave mine on one depth because if you, if you leave it on one depth, so like, like at Havasu, I was fishing in five to 20 feet. I would, I left mine on 30. 
you can kind of start to get a general idea of how big fish are when you see them on there. If the thing's constantly adjusting from 20 feet to 10 feet to 50 feet, you kind of, the fish get smaller or bigger and it's, it's hard to determine what size they are. Um, and really the only thing you need to play, you need to, I like to have my, there's a few options on there, like noise rejection. I run mine on off and then you want to really jam the sensitivity up really high, as high as you can until it just blows the whole screen out and then just come back a little bit from that. The the higher the sensitivity, the the better you're going to see your bait when it's out there and fish. You, you get a harder return on them. But you don't want too much clutter on the screen. Well, how about things though, like the structure? Like you go to Lake Havasu, and as you say, it, you're not necessarily always fishing and it's a deep water and you're normally always fishing against toolies, and a lot of times there may be trees or brush in front of those toolies. How how do you differentiate all that clutter and find the fish? It it you got to go out and use it. It's literally like a cage looks like a cage on there. A brush pile looks like a brush pile. You can see the fish swimming. It's hmm. it's, it's getting pretty crazy the technology um, and all the. The biggest thing that it does is it eliminates wasted time. Like if you so you imagine like in the old, you know, whatever, like a couple of years ago, you would go out, to, you know, like Stan would go out to Casitas and he'd have this rock pile that he fishes, you know, and he would graph over it. Oh, there's a fish, you know, whatever. There's a fish there that my spot's right over here. And he would pull up and, you know, it's, it's right over there. And he'd throw his jig over there and kind of whine, you know, Oh, I'm a little, I'm stuck or whatever, a little sticky down there. Like I'm in it, you know, and make a few fan casts. And with this, with this, you just shine it out there and you're like, Oh, the top of the rock piles right there. And you know, it instantly, you can throw right at it. One cast, watch your stuff go down on the other side of it. And it just, it's, it eliminates tons of wasted time just cause you're just like, oh, that's the spot right there. You just throw right at it. You don't have to, Oh, you know, like it's somewhere out there and oh, I'm in it. I think, you know, and it just, there's none of that. Now you're just like, make a couple of casts right on the juicy spot and keep going. Cool. Wow. Yeah, I, That's uh, the best part about <laughs> growing up in the sport, you know, being able to be involved with the, with the newest, the best and, and learning because it's, it, I'll tell you every time I fish, I, I learn something. Every time I go out, I learn something new. And I, I think that if you don't think that way, you're probably lost. You'll never be good. But the fish are always talking to you. Even when you're not catching them, they're talking to you more. They're not here. You know, learn from that. With the newer technology, that helps you listen to what the fish are telling you, what he's just said right there. You know, okay, you come up on the rock pile or, or you come up on that area. And instead of fan casting, you know it's right about there. Now you can see right where it is, and you're throwing right at it. And then that you're in a timed event. You know, they yeah. you get on the water. You got to be back at three or two, whatever. If it's a, a many a bunch of boats, you got a 15 minute intervals, but you've got to be back in time. So time is everything in these things, and being able to be successful with your time element and the, and the fishing is everything and it was this new technology i mean it's fun to be able to be involved with the sport that as long as i have and watch the technology change and change and change and to still be able to go and grow with it and and learn you know i like rick rick couldn't rick grover your dad is a, he's a great fisherman he could he could have competed in the events 
uh, you know, wherever he wanted to go, if he wanted to go there, but he had a business to run. I had a business to run and I couldn't go do that, but I competed in the events for God knows a long, long time and, and paid for my fishing with fishing, which was really fun. You're in that same element. You could have gone back east. You could compete against. You've already competed against all these guys anyhow, and you've taken their money. We all swap our money in the events, and we all know the guys that can do that. But you've had to stay here and take care of a family and a business, which kudos to you for that, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't fish a lot of the team tournaments like I used to. I just do my six Western Pro-Ams and and that's it, you know, then it's work and I got three awesome kids and hang out, hang out with them, my wife, and that's it, you know. That's good yeah. enough. Kyle, obviously, yes, as you're saying, uh, you're a family man, you're holding down a job, you're, you got a mortgage to pay, you, you can't be out on the water, obviously, as much time as you want. So now you have this uh, new unit from Lawrence. Did you find, especially going to Lake Havasu, since it's, not a lake that you get a chance to go to a lot that in the pre-fishing in particular, did this really help you uh, out and locating where fish were or were you uh, just able to, to go on out and keep on traveling down shorelines until you find fish and you just jumped on them? Yeah, the, it, it, the hell, I was, I was catching all my fish at Havasu uh, in wood that was in out in the in front of spawning bays. You know, there's a lot of cages there, but I I think they like the hardwood a little bit better. Uh, generally, the fish are on that more. Um, so I was really just like normally you would just go through a bay, fan cat, whatever fishing, and now it was more go in and I was just looking for wood like in a bay. And if I didn't, it was almost I wouldn't even cast. Like just go looking, 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 looking. Oh crap! There's a guy's brush pile, and I would throw my throw my rig by, and one would come out and look at it or something. Just wind it out of there, mark it, and keep going. And all all those spots like that, I would just keep. I could just go. I could I could practice a lot faster because of that thing. There's no wasted time, no wasted cast. Just trolling motor on high. Like oh, then you just, you just see the right spot, right, right stuff. Stop, throw, see if there was one there. You know, there was a, there was a, the other thing that was going on was there was a, uh, and I've never seen it there before. There was a, in one area of the lake down South, there was a shad spawn going on. And so those areas where that shad was, that was the biggest thing was there was shad and then it was pre-spawn and that, that part of the lake, I think six or seven of the guys that made the top 10, we were all down there in this one, maybe three mile stretch where, where the bait and everything was. All right. Hey, we're speaking with uh, Kyle Grover. He's telling us a little bit about the use of electronics and how that's helping him out. Also, we're talking uh, about how he did at Lake Havasu with the uh, Major League Fishing Toyota Series uh, here last week. Kyle, we've got to take a break right now, but uh, can we ask you to stay on a little bit longer? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Oh, yeah. I got questions. <laughs> hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. We're speaking with pro angler Kyle Grover and telling us a little bit about how he did at Lake Havasu last weekend. We've got a few other questions to ask him. As one of the new, and I shouldn't say new, but one of the young guns that is out here on the West Coast. So stay tuned. We're going to learn more about Kyle, but you got to wait until after these messages. 
Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose baits, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419, or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Runreel Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Our special guest this hour is Kyle Grover. 
Kyle Grover, if you don't know, is a young angler. I can guess I can call him a pro angler with the money that he's bringing in right now. One of the most competitive anglers that we have here in the Southwest local events. And Kyle, welcome back to the show and thank you for being with us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stoked to be here. You know, uh, Kyle, a lot of times we talk about Lake Havasu and how Lake Havasu has progressed into the fishery that it is, you know, and there used to be a time when, the anglers from Southern California or from out of the area, they didn't want to fish Lake Havasu because they thought local knowledge trumped just about anything that we knew when we were going over there to fish. But we're finding out now that that's not necessarily the case. You and, and guys like Mr. Uh, uh, Tooney that won the event, you guys can go out and you can be just as competitive as the locals. Yeah, it's, Especially this time of year, you know, I think the locals lose lose their advantage a little bit when the fish get really close to spawning and when they are spawning. Uh, the, the other tournament I fished that's there in February, the Juan Bass Arizona Open, it's more of a, it's like super, super pre-spawn, still kind of winter. That that time of year and in the fall, it's really hard to beat the locals there, the, the fisher they're, they get super spotty. They get kind of offshore a little bit. It's, it's really, it's really hard to beat those guys that are, that are out there. There's, there's a handful of guys that they live there. I don't think they work at all. And, and they just <laughs> that's where they fit. You know, they're out there three to five days a week and it's yeah. really hard. You know, I used to, right after high school, I didn't work. And all I did was go to diamond Valley or I would, I would go everywhere. I would go to diamond and Castaic, Casitas. I'd be all over the place, wherever the tournaments were that weekend. And I want, especially diamond. My dad would send me to diamond Valley a couple of days a week. And that's, we were really hard to beat there, you know, cause you're out there. So when you're, when someone's out there two, three days a week, it's going to be hard to beat that guy, you know, and it's, it's hard to do that there. But once the fish, once the fish get up and they're like about to spawn, those guys are very beatable. It's it's harder for them to win for sure. Well, you know, you know that target that target fishing, what you're talking about, you know, when, when the when the water's colder and they're not on the spawn yet, they're pre-spawn. The fish have got to eat crawdads or shads. Not necessarily a part of the thing, but they've got to fill up on the crawdads to fill, to harden the eggs and 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 the guys have all these particularly rock piles and things where where they're targeting that pre-spawn fish the guys that live there spend their time there when they when those fish leave that and they start cruising the shoreline and they got the wood comes into play like he was talking about they got to rub their bellies on the wood to break up the eggs before they spawn so that wood becomes a real viable part of of the picture for the guy that knows what he's looking for <laughs> which, which Kyle does but you know, all of these different fish habitats and whatever else as you go down the shoreline. Uh, now with the new technology, too, um, it really puts it into a different play, whole different play game out there where you've got to look for the fish that are moving, find areas where they're moving through. And you've been really good at doing that, and, and you've got a knack for it. <laughs> i got to give you credit. You're really good at it. Yeah, no, you're right. That 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 sonar deal it it's helped a lot they've always 
it's always been a big deal there that the the fish like the the fresh brush piles that they put in the water. They put brush piles in that place, and they they like the wood. And I know they go out certain days of the week to go drop that stuff. And some of the locals will follow that boat to see, you know, through the winter time to see where they're dropping that stuff in the lake because they know the fish will be there in a month or two. You know, it'll be all over that stuff. And then it. It kind of after a couple of years, it these bundles that they do, they come undone and they're no good anymore. So if you if you're the guy that knows where the fresh stuff is, then then you've got an advantage. But now you can just kind of you can drive around and you're like, oh, that's that's a fresh one right there. You know, that's a good spot. You can you can find it. You can see it clear as day on on that active target. So it, it's it's helping for sure. I think most of the spots I caught my fish on this week totally new i've been fishing there a long time totally new spots i didn't even know because i've I've just sat and stared at that thing for three days in practice you know kyle go ahead john lake havasu is probably one of the most unique lakes that we have out here in the west is because you've got a very viable population of largemouth yet you have a, a a great population of smallmouth that is improving when you are going out for one of these events, are you specifically using techniques or going to areas for largemouth or smallmouth? Yes. Or are you finding yes. out that they are now intermingling and there are places you can go where you can find both of them at the same time? So I, I started fishing proams like seriously uh, in 2014. And for the first two, you know, we, there's always at least one tournament at Havasu. And until about two years ago, in the springtime, you know, we, we, we generally always go there February, March. I I like to do a lot of, I've always been kind of a finesse guy. I like to worm. I like to, we throw, there's a, they bite the hair jig there, like black hair jigs a lot, the smallmouth deal. I've fished for smallmouth. Mostly I've, I've fished for smallmouth and done more of the finesse stuff. And uh, last year I was like, I am not fishing for smallmouth anymore because you can't you can't win there fishing for smallmouth. You just can't. There's there you every go. once every once in a while a tournament gets won there, you know, like a team tournament, guys will weigh twenty pounds of smallmouth. But if you're not fishing for for the green ones there, like you can catch some smallmouth. Like I weighed a couple in this last tournament, but I wasn't fishing for like I was fishing for largemouth. They they can be a byproduct of of fishing for green ones, but if if you want to win tournaments there and do well, you have to fish for largemouth because there's just not enough. There's if the place is loaded with five, six pound largemouth, and you have to be fishing for those if you want to win because someone's always bringing in a twenty plus pound bag. I mean, two Pat, the guy that won, uh, he weighed twenty twenty seven pounds the second day, and he had a nine pounder. Yeah, yeah. that'll help. You you can't do that fishing for smallmouth. I think the no. winning weight uh, overall was like 63, which for Lake Havasu or, or for Matt, that matter out here, almost any lake in the in the West here is not a, a a bad total weight at all. No, he he smoked all of us. Yeah, you know I, there was two tournaments going on. The last there wasn't I there wasn't even really the tournament the last day when us there was just the top 25 of us. It was us fishing for second. Because Pat had already won. <laughs> he, well. he just absolutely smoked us. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, you know, then you then get a nine pound kicker. Mouth, you know, throwing a swim bait, but and you just you can't you cannot win there fishing for smallmouth. You just can't. When you get a nine pound kicker, it always helps. You know, because yeah, especially where there's a lake where there's not that many. Yeah. Yeah, when you get I don't care what lake you're on, you get a nine pound kicker. You, you know, mm-hmm. you're unless you're at Clear Lake or the Delta, maybe, but. You know, even at that, you get a nine-pound kicker fish in your limit, and the average fish is at two to three pounds or whatever it is, like most lakes. <clears throat> and you get that odd four or five-pounder, and and you could get the the smallmouth because you've got four or five-pound smallmouth and have a suit that while you're fishing for the largemouth, they'll you pick one of those up. It's like bonus round. All right, cool. Put that one in the well. We're not going to throw him out usually, but okay, to get a nine-pound right. kicker, and then coming in. And everybody knows, okay, we're all fishing for second place. That be, almost becomes a, a more fun tournament. You, you're all kind of equally yoked, if, if you want to call it that, because you know your competitors. Most of the guys know each other, and you, you know, you're all talking because you swap money left and right all year long while you're fishing. All lifelong if you do it for a long period of time. But that's the fun part of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's fun, you know. Everybody's fishing. We're all buddies out there. It's it's just a good time. I have a lot of fun fishing those tournaments. You know, uh, Kyle, you had mentioned it. Let, let's move to another lake that uh, you were uh, very familiar with—a lake like Diamond Valley. You take the electronic unit that you have now. Diamond Valley is a completely different structure than a lot of the desert lakes are and even a lot of the lakes are here in Southern California. Uh, Do you find that you can use the unit the same at Diamond Valley as you do at Havasu, or is that just a really completely different animal? You You don't have a lot of natural shoreline over there. It's just a completely different made lake. Yeah, yeah, it helps. If it's a... The only place that I can think of where it wouldn't, I, pro, I I wouldn't even turn it on is the Delta. Other than that, I think every other lake in in California, I can't I can't even think of another one where I wouldn't I wouldn't use it a lot. I fished it. Me and my dad finished. Uh, we we finished. We had a uh, Wild West Bass tournament at Diamond Valley a couple weeks ago, and I caught four or five off spot where you could just. You can just see, it's not so much I was watching them eat it, but uh, like I was at Havasu, but same thing, you know, like we're fishing rock piles, pre, just pre-spawn spots. And when you can see fish swimming or you can, you can see fish swimming around down there, you know, like, oh, we're going to get a bite here. You know, like this is, they're down there just keep throwing, you know, versus when you pull up on one and there's no fish down there, you just, it takes away your call. You know, you make one or two casts, you don't get bit. It's like, yeah, there's, there's nothing here. It's, it's time to keep moving, but it, it definitely, any, anything that's steep like that and deep or it, it helps for sure. And especially the, the, it helps a lot more of the lakes that have shad in them. I mean, instead of just having to spoon directly under your boat, you know, and you can, you can throw your spoon at stuff 30, 40 feet out in front of you. You know, it's like, it's like having down just all the way out in front of you and all, and out and out and out and above, down below everything, sea fish suspended. I caught one of my biggest fish I caught at Havasu two weeks ago was in like, it was suspended in 10 feet over 25, you know, just sitting up there up above a cage. Couldn't believe it. Watching them swim down to go eat my stuff. It, it, it's crazy <laughs> what you see on that thing. Fish you'd never know were there. 
Now you said an exception. And that's unusual, by the way. Have throwing a fish that that's suspended at ten foot, and then the maybe the cage is in twenty foot, and you got to go your your rig. If you're throwing the that Alabama rig, it's a multi multi hooked bait that he's throwing, and it's in between the bait and the fish. These fish like to look up to eat, so when you, if it's coming below him and he comes down to eat it, that's pretty doggone good, and you can watch him do that. I watch, yeah, it's the first one I've ever had. It, I actually thought it was like a carp or something. I wasn't even trying to fish for it, and it was just up there above. I watched it turn and swim straight down and go eat it. It was a five-and-a-half-pounder. It was pretty Nuts. crazy. <laughs> how cool would it be? How how good is this going to be? Well, you fish Clear Lake, and you've done real well there. Um, I don't know that you had it in the tournament. You You did well at Clear Lake. Did you have it on your boat then? No, the one I, I won a couple of years ago, I didn't have it. But last year, um, I did just okay last year, the one tournament we had there. Um, and I caught – it helps a lot. The same thing, you, know, you just pull up on rock piles and you can you can just see them swimming around down there, you know. You can see grass edges. You can see you can see everything. It, it helps the Clear Lake for sure. you got to have it up there. Yeah, that, now, that would, I would only imagine – now, you said that the Delta was an exception, and for those uh, individuals that aren't familiar with the California Delta, why why do you think the Delta would be an exception to the rule? The Delta is a shallow grass fishery where you're just fishing walls of grass where the fish are, they're inside hyacinth, they're inside hydrilla, they're in, you know, tule lines, they're there's no, there's not a whole lot of offshore fishing there. You can't, there's, it's, it's still, the Delta is probably the one place out West where no matter what, it's going to be the guys that can fish. They're going to outshine the guys that are super reliant on, on the electronics to catch them. You just, you can't, you can't see fish inside of things. <laughs> you know, you can, you know, it just looks like a wall on that deal. You're not going to, you can't see the, can't see the grass through it, through the grass. Well, you know, the guys that can punch are going to do well because you're fishing in uh, a matted area 90% of the time there and, and or on the top of the frog. I mean, that's really the the bulk of the bigger fish and better fish come out of the – it's it's where they can hide. You got moving water. The fish can stay in there. You know, that the frog becomes, you know, the part of the deal there. There's <laughs> – there's, Old frogs and bold frogs, but there's no old bold frogs <laughs> that really live. <laughs> that that's an area that the guys that know how to punch and get and get underneath the mat or get in the mat. Those are the guys that are going to be most competitive there. But your your locators and your your sonars don't help you. Exactly. No. Yeah. That's you're exactly right. Kyle, in just a few minutes we have left. Uh, 2022 still a long year yeah uh, you're working you've got family you've got other responsibilities what is in your future fishing plans for 2022 yeah i got uh i'm off the next three weeks working work is just crazy busy um and then uh April, I've got, I'm going to clear like twice in April. The Cal, the Juan Bass Cal Open is the, I think it's the second week of April. And then there's a week break. And then the second MLF Western, Western Toyota Series event is 
is it's two weeks after that one. So I'll be up there for a week, come home. I'm going to leave my boat up there, come home for six days and drive back up there, which I'm not upset about that. I wish every tournament was a clear, like I would go there every single time. <laughs> and then uh, we got the Delta, the Delta the last week of May for the MLF and then got a long summer and nothing. Go play uh, on the salt water with you guys, go chase tuna. And then uh, the U S opens in October. That'll be that. Now, Kyle, just in case people want to stop by and see you, uh, there, you work at a place where maybe you can make yourself available every now and again. And where might that be? Yeah, Anglers Marine in Anaheim, off the uh, fifty-five or the ninety-one and Tustin Avenue. Always open. Always back there, sitting at my desk or at the front counter. I, I'll talk to anybody. I and I'm a. I'm not a guy that likes to hide anything. It's just kind of you got. You still got to catch them, you know. So I'm. A, I'm always yep. real straight with everybody. You want. You got questions. You and you can call if you want to rap with me about it. You can call the shop. Phone numbers everywhere online. And uh, yeah, I'm always there. Come on down. Or maybe if you're interested in the new electronics unit, yeah, you might be one of the guys to talk to to find out more about it and just maybe purchase one over there at Anglers Marine. Definitely, yeah. We we've always got that stuff in stock. Or if you got questions about dialing it in and settings, stuff like that, and call me anytime. All right. Well, hey, on behalf of all of us here at Rod Real Radio, give the gang over there at Angler, Anglers Marina a big hello. And Kyle, good luck to you in the future. And we look forward to speaking to you again, and hopefully with much success at one of these tournaments coming on up. Definitely. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. Go get them, champ. <laughs> That's Thank all I got to say, man. Just go get them. Thank you. Well, guys, uh, that's uh, it for tonight. Wendy, glad to hear you're your back up to par again. And we look forward to hearing about you going fishing out there and what's happening there with uh, uh, the bottom fishing and everything else like that. Because, uh, man, uh, that bottom fishing right now is great. Yeah, you know, we have a fuel leak, so I need to get a new new tank. So it'll be a while. All right. And Stan, you take care, too. Uh, we've got just a few seconds left. So in that amount of time, we want to thank uh, Otto and the AM540 Studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune and Mr. Paul Leader. Thanks for making the show what it is. We'll see you again next Sunday night for another live edition.